Welcome to Diaries of a Data Scientist, our podcast in which we share about what's important to break into data science, provide valuable insights also for senior data scientists, and invite interesting guests from different data science areas. We're Yasmin and Kate, we're both data scientists and mentors working in industry, and we are sharing here our thoughts and experiences. Let's go. Um, this is Kate from Diverse of a Data Scientist, and today we are doing our already fourth episode on the discovering, let's say, the um, data science industry. And today we're going to talk about pretty much how AI hype affected the data scientists working in the industry, and we're going to talk about different effects. Uh, let's say that what we have right now on the market. Uh, about, for example, uh, automatization of the processes or that our field, let's say, got more popular with the LLMs guide and job right into the market out of nowhere, I would put it like this. And then we're going to talk about the um, inference and consequences. And then Yasmin and I are going to talk about different advices for data scientists in the like experts, and as well as for our fellows who just started the data science journey and got a lot of questions with these LNM models on the market. Very excited for today. I've been <laughs> waiting for quite some time um, that we can do this episode. And yeah, it fits very well because just this week on Monday, also OpenAI had their dev day on 6th of November. Um, mm -hmm. if, if you haven't checked out the, the updates presented there, um, just try to find a nice summary. You don't have to go through like the whole videos and everything, but um, there's a really nice blog post also from OpenAI directly, which summarizes the news there. Um, yeah, and mm -hmm. this is one, one part on how you can also stay up to date with all of the things that are going on with AI right now. But actually, mm -hmm. we also plan to give you some further pieces of advice on how you stay up to date in the next episode. But for yes. now, let's stay with the AI uh, hype <laughs> right now. So, Kate, I don't know how to start, right? Um, I feel yeah, that... Yeah, we got a lot. <laughs> yes. And, and and this year, 2023, has been like the the golden year for AI, mm -hmm. I would call it, after we also seen some times when AI was not really a lot covered in the media and so on. So we also call mm -hmm. them the AI winters. And there have been, mm -hmm. I think, three or four uh, yes. since since everything got started. But yes. this year, it's the, the year to be a data scientist, I would say. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could, you know, uh, about a starting point, maybe we can start with discussing what it actually means for a data scientist working in the industry and how it pretty much affects not only maybe the uh, data scientists, but also a lot of business people. Mm -hmm. um, one of the thoughts that came to my mind is that the data science used to be a bubble, sort of a closed bubble. And if you're outside of this bubble, pretty much you heard something about the machine learning or AI, you maybe read something, maybe you had people, but you've never actually had a touch point with that field. Mm -hmm. And right now with the large language models, with uh, ChatGPT, our, let's say, saver in the text version life, um, it got, you know, it got just outside of the, those the bubble bubbles. popped, kind of, right? Yes, yes. Sort <laughs> and of, now it's sort of. everywhere. 
Yeah. And this is what I see a pretty cool benefit of that because pretty much um, maybe it's a little bit linked also with the upskilling of business people outside of this bubble uh, because pretty much what I see so far is that every single person got interested in this and they have this real interest to understand the capabilities and the limitations of data science field in general. How is that working for you? Is it like, do you have the same feeling? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think we should um, get a little bit more concrete about what we're talking here, right? I think mm -hmm. mainly we, we, we're talking about generative AI. So yeah. uh, all of this tooling that has popped up um, either like in the field of generating text, but also generating images, video, audio, all of this belongs to generative AI as well. I think mm -hmm. text has been most prevalent due to tools like ChatGPT from OpenAI, right? But I also feel that the more traditional techniques around machine learning, um, basically as mm -hmm. a as a um, yeah consequence, has also gotten more more speed and more upwind and more attention. So I think. Mm -hmm. she, brought in by generative AI, the whole field, whole field about AI has gotten more mm -hmm. attention and also more uh, budget. Like, let's be real, right? Yes. Also more budget yes. in the different companies. And um, yes, you can definitely. also see this in venture capital money being basically, as long as mm -hmm. you do something with AI in your startup, like there's still enough money flowing. For other fields, yes. it's definitely looking more like, darker right now in terms of venture capital money. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, maybe with that, we can also talk a little bit about the business side. Uh, what I see a lot, um, at least in the projects that I'm working with currently right now, is that people got interested how mm -hmm. it can automate the processes in every like daily day-to-day -day life prep pretty much being in the industry. And for me, it is also a pretty interesting innovation for the people because um, they will come over and say, okay, Kate, how can we use that in order to, I don't know, do the job postings or in order to write a text for an uh, advertisement for a campaign or how we can use that uh, to write the entire presentation meeting. And I think this is really wonderful, honestly, in terms of the business side, because th what it actually means is that people are not that overwhelmed, kind of, with the routine tasks mm -hmm. as text writing, and they can really put a lot of attention to the innovations in their fields with that. Yeah, and getting to know the customers, right? And Yes. Um, I think that is something that we should not miss, right? AI is is, is really, really nice tool. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, in order to, to stay competitive, I think now is the time to get even stronger into the business, which means you have to be even better in your operations. You have to know your customers better. You have to sell better mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. like the, the automation of or partially automation of some processes will help, right? But that means mm -hmm. the focus shifting into other areas where we, you now have to be even even stronger. And I guess it also means not only for the business side, but also for um, data science field, that people also have to kind of get stronger on the soft skills. And I guess this is something that we have talked on the 
two prior episodes about yes. the soft skills and the second one and in the third one, because with the LLMs, people would expect you kind of to communicate towards that and um, to put it into the frame uh, while you are discussing different projects. Yeah, this absolutely. is what I also see for the data scientists. Yes. And there was this really mm -hmm. like uh, often cited McKinsey report <sighs> where they basically say that 75% of the AI innovations is either going to be in customer operations, sales mm -hmm. and marketing, R&D, or basically coding and software engineering. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that we wanted to discuss today um, to show to our listeners or maybe also viewers on YouTube. What does the basically the new breakthroughs in AI mean for data scientists and especially also from one side talking about this coding support tools like yeah. Copilot, but on mm -hmm. the other side, also the tooling like uh, Code Interpreter, Code Whisperer, or also there's mm -hmm. some tooling from DeepNode, which is really targeting data analysis, mm -hmm. data visualizations, and to some mm -hmm. extent, data science as well. Yeah. If I may, I would ask you one question. Uh, I know course. that we have discussed that previously, but I'm really interested at kind of your opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I know that Mantis, they would definitely, they have already asked you and they will continue to ask you uh, with the co-pilot that we have currently for data scientists and every single developer out there, do they actually need to learn programming languages and learn how to program? Yes. And uh, <laughs> it's it's like really, really interesting how how more common this question got in the past weeks or months. Mm -hmm. um, I think here we really need to differentiate who's asking. If the mm -hmm. kind of career track of the person asking is uh, software um, engineering, the, the software creation part, so not mm -hmm. specifically targeting data, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think... If you want to be uh, just like a mediocre well programmer, but uh, put your focus also in other skills, mm -hmm. I would say that these coding tools, they will really take up a lot of like the, say the, the basics. Yeah. So uh, unless you're planning to become really like a full-fledged software engineer focusing on the, say, the, the developing of like mobile applications, for, ex for example, or like really also getting into more this uh, systems engineering, um, there, of mm -hmm. course, you still need to know programming. You, you have to understand the concepts. But if programming is only going to be a smaller part of your mm -hmm. day, I would really question of how much efforts you put into this right now. I still see a lot of value in learning the concepts mm -hmm. that come mm -hmm. with programming, mm -hmm. like, you know, different data structures, algorithms. What does this mean yeah. to how, how do we measure performance in algorithms and things like mm -hmm. that? But I would mm -hmm. question if you need to really, A, learn more than one programming language to understand that, yeah. and B, how how much efforts you need to put into that to be, to become proficient for those people mm -hmm. where programming is only going to be a smaller part of the day-to-day -day and they're not focusing on say data data science mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for um, data scientists um, maybe i would say uh it, it it also really depends but if you really want to work as a data scientist in companies yes mm -hmm. i still feel that even with these tools you need to program on your own as well yes and also what i always say to kind of such questions is that 
even if you can use natural language in order to create functions with the copilot, you still need to understand what is going on in there. Uh, mm -hmm. For example, I honestly, I do use a lot of chat GPT uh, from the natural language to the code. Uh, and this is firstly a lifesaver because you don't need to develop that by yourself. This is really nice and handy and you don't need to spend a lot of time. And sometimes, you know, the programming can be really frustrating because this is not something that in English language that you just know the syntax and you go ahead with this. No, <laughs> this is not working like that. And this is the first part. In, but the second part, kind of the backside of this, is that sometimes it is using totally different libraries which are not existed anymore. Sometimes you would have totally different functions which are not in there as well anymore because it was like updated till 2021, I guess, mid of 2021. And right mm -hmm. now we have 2023. And that is why we do have it. Sometimes, you know, it is going to use like for loops, which are pretty expensive and if statements instead of using functions. And this is comes to the time expensive in the different algorithms. As yeah. Maybe as you totally correctly said, don't invest a lot of time if you feel that is not going to be your main part of, of your like, mm -hmm. data science journey. But you need to at least understand what is happening in there in order to understand how to optimize this later absolutely. and why this is not working. Yes, absolutely. And just for those mm -hmm. listeners who are maybe not as familiar with this code interpreter tool that we've been discussing so far, so OpenAI writes on their page. Uh, code Interpreter is uh, a tool which writes and runs Python code in a sandbox execution environment and can mm -hmm. generate graphs and charts and process files with diverse data and formatting. So this is how they describe this tool. And it's pretty similar to what Emerson offers with Code Whisperer. Um, mm -hmm. I think DeepNote, as mentioned, they are really targeting more this notebook environment that comes with this Jupyter uh, mm -hmm. notebooks. But yep. uh, Basically, very, very similar. And I think what these kind of tools can really help with is, for example, uh, citizen developers or citizen data scientists or even, you know, colleagues from the business who have no prior uh, mm -hmm. like experience with data analysts to get a bit started. And if they have, for example, like a bigger Excel file where they really don't know what's going on in there, um, if it's, of course, allowed in your company to upload it and ask, okay, mm -hmm. what is this about? Can you tell me some of the basic statistics, what, what is going on, you know, mm -hmm. mean, median, distributions? So getting yes. a grip on what is going on here, right? The basic statistics, maybe also some quicker uh, data visualizations. But honestly, this whole part still relies on you as the user being able to ask the right questions, asking yeah. the right questions, asking good questions. And that is mm -hmm. only something that comes with deeper experience and knowledge about data science. Mm -hmm. So why, while it may be able to automate a, a part of, for example, the data analyst role, mm -hmm. I don't see it honestly having a huge effect on data scientists per se. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe a little bit going Outside of the topic, I would put it like this. Um, mm -hmm. Just a brief question that I've been asked all the time. I just want to know your opinion. Like currently right now in our situations with uh, ChatGPT, uh, GitHub Copilots, everything can run for you. Uh, would you recommend to learn Python or PySpark or maybe something else for the starters? Yeah, really good question. Um, 
for me, Pie Spark is more something which really should be the go-to tool for data engineers who have to work mm -hmm. with like larger data mm -hmm. amounts. Um, so that's where I see it most being effective and valuable. Um, I feel for for data scientists, Python, maybe I'm a bit biased there, right? Because personally, <laughs> it's my favorite language. Um, I, I still as see well. Python as the kind of go-to. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I do see it somewhat converging on Python, honestly. Unless mm -hmm. you're like mm -hmm. more really uh, working as a, say, core statistician, where yes. you may still be in favor of using R instead, I see Python mm -hmm. as more the, the kind of Swiss army tool of things. That was pretty much the question because it is sometimes it is kind of tricky to answer because uh, right now we have like Python, PySpark, Julia, just, for example, Julia, right? yes, or yeah. that you have what else do you have? You have SPSS, I guess it is called something like that. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that that is the statistics tool, right? Statistical tool, yes. Also, you've often used more like from. Um, colleagues coming up from the business domains but there's mm -hmm. also for example rust being very very high in favors uh, among mm -hmm. multiple data scientists and machine learning engineers um, mm -hmm. which is i think also quite interesting so i have yeah. never heard about this and i have never seen that and like never seen anyone who is using that um no uh do have a look uh, into rust i think it's especially also by by the big players on the ai market right now being mm -hmm. quite high in the course Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. Um, you know, going back pretty much to our topic, apart from talking about Python, yeah, I love sorry, talking about the Python of, language. We got a bit yes. sidetracked here. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of have two more topics on my list to discuss. Um, the first one is, uh, is the competition that we do have on the, mar on the market right now. And um, I will explain what I mean by this. So what I feel is that with the... Uh, large language models, specifically with the chat GPT, I feel that the field of the data science became more popular. As we said in the beginning, because pretty much this bubble yes. popped up and that is why this is happening. And this is what I see. And like kind of as a, as a consequence, would you have more competition on the market among the data scientists and people who want to guide into the field of the data science? Do you feel kind of the same um, effects, I would put it like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say yes and no. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, because I have the feeling that whoever currently is more working on the, say, um, intersections tries to focus and pivot a bit more into the data science, machine learning, large language mm -hmm. model area. Um, on the other side, for uh, people who maybe now newly heard about the topic of AI, right? So maybe because it's now been more broader into, uh, been brought into the mainstream media, everyone's talking about it. It's part of like the local newspapers. Um, for those people, it may still take some time until they are able to pivot their career, right? So I do mm -hmm. expect an even bigger upsurge in let's say, mm -hmm. comp competition on the uh, the market for data scientists maybe in one to two years. But mm -hmm. right now, it's mostly people like who are already in the fields pivoting a bit more into this area of large language mm -hmm. models specifically and the fancy mm -hmm. AI stuff, maybe when they before have been more working on the intersections. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of a linked question to this mm -hmm. um, point um, how, how should I phrase this? 
not about a competition, but about the bias. Mm-hmm. Mm, recently, I've started seeing a lot of different articles and posts on LinkedIn and different mm-hmm. resources like Medium that out of sudden we have, we started having a lot of AI experts, NML experts, and this is kind of creating maybe, maybe I'm using the wrong term for that, like the information asymmetry mm-hmm. and and bias at the same time. I'm not even sure how, how to, do, how to do put you it mean into the information words. asymmetry, like from mm-hmm. basically saying that the, the experts are now pushing out a lot of, of you know, updates, mm-hmm. information and so on. And, the, you know, the, the, the rest who is non-expert in that field is trying mm-hmm. to catch up. Or what do you mean with yeah. this asymmetry? Yeah. It's really hard to put into words, I agree. Yes. But I, yeah. I think I know what you mean, that right now we're mm-hmm. kind of converging on some of the, the say, loud voices in AI mm-hmm. and like looking up to what mm-hmm. they say about the things and then everyone is just repeating what they say. Is, is that what you mean? Yes, exactly. This is what I mean. You put it really nicely <laughs> into, into the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't see anymore. Mm, I see that uh, people are going to repeat it. And because of, maybe because of that, we're lacking um, kind of different points of view on the same mm-hmm. on the same trend. This is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. That some of the the other perspectives are not really being heard. Mm-hmm. We have the whole horizon open up for us to see different positive and negative aspects of that. And talking actually mm-hmm. about a positive aspect is, um, I. Don't got still this feeling, but I'm really hopes of that is going to pretty soon with that, that a lot of companies are going to be more mature in that field. Um, I guess this is something that we have talked the last time, maybe, or like in the previous episode, but also something that we have already discussed with you, maybe like one year ago, that mm-hmm. a lot of companies and as well as people, they got trapped into different jargon uh, words kind of notations, different positions, roles, and processes of the data science sort of pipeline, like not a bit like data science, but MLOps pipeline. And mm-hmm. that is why they usually don't get to understand who is who and what this kind of person is doing. And with the this breakout of the LLMs, I really do hope that it's going to be more and more, you know, decreasing in the industry part. Did, did, did you being like kind of stuck in one niche of mm-hmm. the, the, the kind of data science chain? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that the companies will also, you know, they will be more mature in order to recognize and differentiate between different positions. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do hope so that, that this is like mm-hmm. one of the very positive side effects coming from uh, let's let's call it this AI hype right uh, mm-hmm. this year that yep. many companies really start if they haven't until now mm-hmm. to really think about getting into this seriously and what what they need. Mm-hmm. I kind of have the concern right that um, if you then make really really uh, say fast shots, um, yeah. 
and jumping, you know, because you don't want to miss out. I think a lot of the activities are driven right now by the fear of missing out or on short FOMO for mm -hmm. like our Gen Z people. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes, I mean, like on one hand, this, this is good as a kind of activity driver, right? Because, I mean, you have to get into motion as a, as a company. On the other mm -hmm. side, this might lead to, say, um, less sustainable solutions for the longer term because you just want to want to make fast an action and you just let's call it in terms of hiring hire whoever is willing to join your company as a for example yes. data scientist right now mm -hmm. instead of maybe mm -hmm. planning a bit more long term what are really the skills that you need right now yes yep so it's like a um, double double edged sword <laughs> yes like often I, many I, I can feel about, that it, it depends on <laughs> what the companies make out of it. Mm -hmm. Let's try to summarize a bit the effects we've discussed so far on the data scientists. We've heard that maybe like some of the processes are going to be automated, which also leads to your task as a data scientist possibly mm -hmm. shifting a bit. We mm -hmm. heard about possibly that the market, like talking about skills and uh, hiring, yes. um, the market is getting a lit little bit more competitive because it just gets even more attention right now outside of the, say, um, mm -hmm. traditional data science bubbles, so more people coming into this field. Mm -hmm. And we've also heard about that maybe this will help companies and organizations to uh, mature. Um, and also this can have positive effects on your role as a data scientist because more maturity for the companies mean better understanding of the roles and tasks, better working yep. conditions. So that's where yep. we are right now. And maybe to add Wonderful. the last point to that is mm -hmm. don't miss out the business people who right now also do get have a wonderful opportunity to get in touch with the data science field by knowing LLMs currently. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and mm -hmm. I think uh, the, like large language models could help you in two ways, right? A, to have a conversation starter, to say uh, you have a reason now to reach out and say, yes. oh, this is something that, that I see as a, as a possible help. But on the other hand, of course, you can also use um, tools like, for example, ChatGPT to mm -hmm. understand a little bit better some of the concepts that your colleagues uh in the data science area have been throwing around, you know, mm -hmm. what are those decision trees? What are these kind of models they've been talking about? And just mm -hmm. ask large language models, hey, can you explain this to me as a newbie to the topic? Can you explain this to me like for a 15-year-old? Um, so this is also yeah. really, really nice as a learning opportunity to, mm -hmm. to use this as a learning tool. And I think also with this latest news and uh that OpenAI has been sharing about this custom GPTs. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard about this. I really see even bigger opportunity to, to yes. for example, have something like an AI tutor. Yes, yeah, definitely. That That is going to be honestly amazing. Uh, but maybe, you know, the last thing that I'm thinking to discuss is how do you think with everything that we have already discussed and talked through, um, is it still sort of handy let's put it like sexy to go into the data science position if you are just you know finishing the high school yes that is a very very good question and i'm not sure if i personally have a final opinion on this to mm -hmm. be honest um because for one hand i see it as a kind of future proof 
career track, honestly. Yes, I, I, with yeah. more AI being part of our daily lives as well as work lives, understanding about this is going to be your competitive advantage about, you know, um, mm -hmm. compared to other people, over mm -hmm. other people. Um, mm -hmm. I think also it maybe has never been easier than right now to get into, to break into data science with all of the courses popping up, podcasts like ours where you can find information about mm -hmm. this, right? So I think the, the opportunity is really, really good. Yes. On the other hand, um, I, I also see that, and now talking a bit more about what kind of advice I would give to uh, current data scientists, I see that we maybe have to shift a bit the the focus points. So that means that either as a, if, if you're working now as a kind of data scientist in the companies and you, you know, a little bit of statistics, you know, mm -hmm. something about software engineering and computer science, and you're like kind of have a bit more of this broader view, right? Not being the one mm -hmm. expert in one field of data science. Mm -hmm. Either that you should maybe think about becoming an, an expert in one field mm -hmm. or even going more broader with your profile and let me let me maybe explain what i what i yeah. mean by this right mm -hmm. so i see that either you should really try to become very very proficient for example with statistics and something like ab testing and causal inference because this mm -hmm. is what will also be needed in large language models to to mm -hmm. successfully utilize them. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. With the introduction of large language models, I think it's even becoming more important to know yeah. how to productionize them, know how to evaluate them. So this is what I mean with either going, pro, uh, going deeper into this direction or mm -hmm. you can think about adding more of the side activities, right? Data engineering, uh, machine learning operations. So really trying to become this full stack data scientist who can write code, yeah. but also mm -hmm. is really good with statistics, building um, the actual machine learning models, but then also knowing how to sell this maybe to the business. Because yes. I think for this like middle part that maybe many data scientists are on right now, mm -hmm. I think this is really going to be uh, affected by a coding tools like GitHub Copilot, but mm -hmm. on the other side also, I see that this data analysis uh, tools are gonna get stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, just me. So I this do is have like the the two, two possible opportunities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe we have to create our own business to do this, like you know, <laughs> using AI for the <laughs> data visualizations <laughs> and plots. <laughs> Yes, but well, I like, also see it's, right. it's already a very competitive field right now out there. Yes. And yeah, um, maybe yeah. like a third option we've missed, right? Mm -hmm. um, you could also think about adding more of this soft skill areas to your role as a data scientist. Really seeing yourself as the translator to the business, but also the storyteller from, from the data side. And uh, like we said earlier, right, it's now becoming even more essential and crucial to be better in the other business areas, like knowing your yes. customer, knowing what they want, mm -hmm. anticipating what they will need in the future and building mm -hmm. up more business domain knowledge. Uh, I would like to add some some more mm -hmm. references of where you can maybe find also some more information. So personally, I, for example, very much like to uh, follow Sundas Khalid. She does a lot of YouTube videos. She's so like a influencer in the data science area. She's working at Google and she has discussed mm -hmm. quite lengthily in the past how she will think AI will change the role, for example, of data analysts. Um, mm -hmm. and the, the tech industry in general. So this is definitely what I can recommend. 
as well as following Ellie K. Miller, for example, on LinkedIn. She's very, very big there. She does nice summaries about what is going on in the AI world right now. And in a kind of language that is also understandable for non-techies. And lastly, mm -hmm. also Daliana, who is uh, also having a newsletter uh, on this topic. Um, yeah, and you can find more extensive information there. So free women also in data science. Really, mm -hmm. really big recommendation to follow them as well. Honestly, I think that I will put it to my notes because I've never heard of those guys. And maybe I have heard of them. Maybe I do even have it on, like, on my uh, LinkedIn followers like list, but I maybe I've never actually put my attention towards their names. Oh, we're going to definitely put awesome. them in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're going to put the, those free recommendations in the show notes. Yeah. That, that I guess sounds awesome. And I guess this pretty much goes as like leaves us to the next topic, which we're going to discuss later in the episode five is um, how to stay up to date, uh, having life, having work, and also kind of having a little bit of learning in the data science journey. What do you think? Exactly. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> it can be another full-time job next to the full-time job to stay stay up to date yes. with what's going on and build up new skills, right? And maybe mm -hmm. you still want to add in a bit of family, friends and uh, hobbies on the side. So we will talk about our five most popular methods to do this and also share a bit our personal favorites there. See mm -hmm. you in the next episode then. Yep. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This was Diaries of a Data Scientist by Yasmin and Kate. And if you enjoyed the episode, remember to check out our YouTube channel and our LinkedIn pages for more engaging content from the data science world. Thank you for today and seeing you in the comments.